to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the pregame show for Game 7. Second take, because... Yeah, we're having some audio issues here. Yeah, but we think this should be okay. Yeah, so right now, if you notice an audio quality decrease, we have to change our our, our podcast mics out. So right now we're recording right off of our uh, MacBook. So... It, uh, audio quality might be down, but it should be resolved in the next few but weeks. But content quality. Yeah, content still quality up. will stay. <laughs> but yeah, so going into Game 7, there's a couple things we talked about. Um, there's a couple things I actually had also forgotten to talk about, so this is silver lining here. The first thing, we'll just jump right into yeah, we'll start it. start with news. Yeah, so Jake Muzzin, not playing. Um, that's a big blow to the Leafs defense, and apparently if you ask Tony Marinaro, it's like losing Jeff Petrie, which is something <laughs> I wholeheartedly disagree with. Yeah, that's not a very good comparison, but, uh... I think yeah. it's the two most opposite defensemen I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, just in every, in every... Hal Gill and Eric Carlson. Yeah, in every uh, possible way, I mean, it's just different, but, uh, so I'm, you know, if you guys listen to this podcast, obviously you're, you're fans enough to, you know, check the news this morning, but Arturi Lekkinen skating... Uh, no change to the Habs lineup. Uh, that's pretty much expected with how well we played last game. I don't think they're going to shake anything up. Um, other than that, I'm you know there's a lot of stuff going around in the Leafs organization. You know I, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Nealander, Marner, Matthews long, uh, shifts tonight. Yeah, um, especially near the end of the game. Yeah, they need to get Nealander on the ice more, but they don't want Kerfoot on the ice more. So the only way to do that is to you know get those that line out there every once in a while. My only thing I'm I'm not worried about that for is I double checked it this afternoon, but they did something similar last year for Game Four and Five, and it just didn't work. Like they 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 couldn't get anything going with that line. So. Maybe not. I, the, the only other other possibility that's going to happen there is you'll see Nylander play with Matthews more and Marner will be bumped down. Uh, well, it remains to be seen. Either way, I mean, as long as we lock down Matthews and, uh, you know, get that shot off. Yeah, uh, which we have been. I yeah, mean, yeah. as it stands right now, we're recording this around 4.30. Um, Tatar is still, con- he's actually injured. He wasn't scratched. Okay. So he's out with an undisclosed injury. So is John Merrill. So is Lekkonen, and obviously Druin and Paling were yeah. never a pro. I mean, never healthy. Um, John Tavares for the Leafs, Jake Muzzin, and Ben Hutton mm-hmm. is also considered out. So in terms of defense for the Leafs, um, we're we're looking at probably a third pair of Sandin and Dermot. Yeah, maybe. I mean, who's their the turnover defense? kings? Yeah, um, no, but I'm trying to think now. You've got Riley and Brody, and then you've got. Who playing well, with Bogosian? It's they're not going to have three straight lines. They're going to have to basically have Riley and Brody kind of double shift and kind of okay. go back and forth. My my question too. I mean, Bogosian's going to be in there, but do you think they have to call up like a guy who hasn't played a game think, yet, like Lil Jagrin or something? I don't think they'll honestly play sixty. You don't think so? No, I don't think they'll play sixty. I think you know getting Sandin and Dermot in there is kind of the last straw for them and you know I, I don't think in a game this important they're going to start uh you know penny pinching on Riley and Brody's minutes I think they're just going to play them as much as we can that kind of goes into our next uh well we're, we are talking about the lineups but one thing I uh wanted to before we talk about the you know you know possible um strategies and stuff tonight I kind of want to just touch base on what we did last game in overtime. I forgot to bring this up in our first iteration of this, but I think we have to, you know, God forbid it goes to overtime again. My, my chest won't be able to take that. But, um, 
if we do, we have to not play uh, 4D. Like that was just brutal. Right? Like yeah. if we play, if we don't play Kulak and Gustafsson uh, at least a little bit near the end of the game, uh, you know, granted we're not down. Uh, you know, God forbid this thing goes to overtime again. You know, they were so gassed it wasn't even funny. Like it sh- double shifting those guys, it was yeah, that I almost killed us. Sherrod really, I saw took the brunt of that. Too. Yeah. So you know, you got to give Kulak and Gustafsson a little bit of you know wiggle room there. I mean, I'm not saying play them you know 15, 16 minutes tonight, but I'm just saying not six minutes. They played six yeah, minutes. That's that would they, yeah. That you can't play you know four so, defensemen that long. Again. Yeah. Like I I understand uh, you know definitely taking shifts away but you know it, it's going to get to a point where guys especially like Weber and Sherrod are going to really suffer from that and I think that was a big reason why we were so outshot in overtime last time well yeah definitely I mean we were we were playing on our heels a little bit in overtime but um yeah so let's I mean let's talk about um what was I gonna say let's, let's talk about the kind of game plan for tonight um if you're the Habs what's just what's your overall game plan? What are you doing tonight? Yeah, so my number one thing is forecheck, forecheck, forecheck. I think, you know, n- no Jake Muzzin opens up, you know, the opens up the crease to Gallagher. It opens up the crease to Perry. It opens up the crease to you know, even Kotkaniemi and Anderson. And, you know, that was the one guy, even more than Bogosian, who was, like, just really, really in your face, getting you out of Campbell's way. And, you know, without him there, I mean... Yeah, Bogosian will do it, but, you know, Bogosian doesn't play very much. No, they and, can't play him and, too um, much because he, he can't do those minutes. Yeah, and so he's not going to be on the ice that much, and he definitely won't be on the ice for, you know, basically four iterations of that. Every single line we have, we have one guy that's going to the front of the net, except for that Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield line. You know, besides that, we have Gallagher, we have Anderson, we have Perry, we have Stahl. Like, all these guys are going to go dig Armia in front of the net, and, you know, Bogosian's not going to be able to handle all those guys, and no one else on the team can do that. I mean, like... You know, Riley's a you know decently aggressive, but nothing like yeah. It, it's not definitely not a staple. He'll push name. you up. He'll push you after the whistle. Like, and that's a good quality of defenseman. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is he's not going to stand in front of Campbell and start you know pushing you out of the yeah, way. Yeah, it's just not his game. Yeah. So and you know definitely not Brody, especially he's like I think he's like 180 pounds. He's not going to be able to do it effectively. Then never mind Dermot and Sandin. I mean, Sandin, I think never. Yeah, no, it's all gonna happen. So my number one game plan is you forecheck like crazy with Dermot and Sand Sandine at the end at the uh, that bottom shift there. Those pucks are gonna pop out like crazy if you pressure them. Yeah, and now would you? This is more. Boy, I mean, is that a bad pairing? Yeah, it's it's gonna definitely be the excuse that yeah people use if this. It's goes interesting though, you know, if it, if it goes our way tonight uh, in that in that Habs win. You know, there's not really these uh, scapegoats for the to, for the Leafs to kind of point at anymore. I mean, like you got no Jake Gardner, you know, Freddie Anderson's on the bench wearing the hat. Um, I mean, what they'll probably end up doing is pointing towards Tavares being out, but they won three games with him not. So exactly, yeah. I disagree there. I mean, then they're gonna point to Felino being out. And they're gonna point to Muzzin being out. Yeah. They're, gonna they're gonna classic scapegoats, aren't there? Well, of course. And then you know who's really gonna get. The, the brunt of this, it's not even Austin Matthews, it's going to be uh, Mitch, Mitch Marner. Yeah, Mitch. So I, I actually heard a stat earlier today. Which he should. He's, he's been yeah, no, absolutely. He's, he's not made his money. Yeah. Um, Mitch Marner has 12 penalty minutes in his career in the playoffs. Ten of them are puck over glass. Oof. He's shot the puck out five times in the playoffs. Yeah, he's... Um, which means he's surprisingly, he's not good under pressure. Like, I, yeah. you know, I... 
the way he looked in the penalty penalty box that game uh, after you know dumping it over the net, like I, I thought this guy was gonna have a panic attack. Yeah. I thought he was gonna have a guy. I thought he, I thought literally he was gonna like break down in the, in the penalty box. I was like, yeah. holy crap, we haven't scored yet. Take it easy. I know. And, and I'm like, um, you know, I, I this is definitely ripping off right from the Steve Dangle podcast. But um, if the Leafs do get bumped out tonight you can guarantee that every article tomorrow morning and every cap-friendly forum post and everything is going to be uh, martyr for Eichel, one for one. Yeah. It's going to be right away. It's the money works and this and that. Then you have three elite center. I, I, guar- I'll I can tell guarantee you what, it. I'll tell you what. If you're if you're expecting a one-for-one one Eichel for Marner, you're out of your mind. Yeah, there's They're no going to have to give up a lot of picks that Toronto doesn't have. So. Well, that's the thing. It's like People don't understand that it's not just a money issue. Jack Eichel is... A better player than Mitch. Yeah, Runner. but it's also like that. What, like, what do you want John Tavares to play like third line center? That's I mean, exactly like, what they're saying. Is as he gets ridiculous. older, they'll transition. That's then, just silly. Yeah, it's it, it's very stupid. But it also would be completely up the Leafs' alley of basically having one star on every line and then filling in with garbage along the wings. Um, if you do that, you will lose all of your players that you have to resign. So I just I I look forward to the panic because I think whether or not this game goes in favor of Montreal, Toronto is going to get absolutely blasted by their own fan base. Well, this is the thing is like, you know, we, the Habs have no pressure tonight. I mean, like nothing. Cause either way, this is a lose, lose for the Leafs. I mean, like the way they played against the team that has the least amount of points in the playoffs is just like, honestly, it's a, uh, it's very concerning. Like it, if anyone thinks this team is getting through any round besides possibly the Habs tonight like they're crazy yeah, I mean, there's I no like, way I they're being Winnipeg I don't think they're getting to Montreal yeah I, I don't want to make predictions that's the thing I obviously I, I'm sure everyone can tell I think the Habs are going to win but I'm not going to make predictions mm-hmm. but you know it, 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 if it doesn't go our way tonight I mean if uh, you know if you think the Leafs are getting through a team um, that's that's better than the Habs or the Habs have given them this much trouble and, and the reason we've given them this much trouble is because we've locked down that top line yep. and we've hit them and the the fact of the matter is that there's, you know, five, four or five teams left in the playoffs that hit way harder than us and that have very, very good uh, defensive um, defensive centers. And, uh, you know, it's just not a pretty sight for them. But right. and that I, being said... Um, yeah, I wanted to bring this up too. Cause do you have we, any other keys before we move on? Uh, just, yeah, I wanted to talk about the uh, key for the Canadians right tonight is, like, you kind of touched on it actually. With Jake Bundan out of the lineup, this is the game Brendan Gallagher can really step up. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the one where he can actually get to the front of the net and he can make you know make his trouble, yeah. basically. Um, I need more out of him, but I think this is a golden opportunity. So, you know, everyone else that we've criticized that have been kind of lacking, the Josh Andersons and the Jeff Petries, they've at least tried. I've, you know, you've seen flashes of them elevating their game, and so has Brendan Gallagher to a certain degree. He's kind of like slowly increased his his uh at least his chances yeah. but um, petrie's I, gotten way better too petrie's basically yeah. at the level right now as of last game he's basically at the level right now where i'm completely satisfied with his play anderson uh you know i'll give you 20 dollars if anderson's not injured i mean like it's not yeah. possible the way this guy just completely fell off a cliff like it's yeah I, I also will just say about jeff petrie the one thing i like offensively he stepped it up a little in terms of uh, skating 
But, like, he's really got to just stop scoring goals on Carey Price. Yeah, it's all these deflections. He deflects everything. Yeah. And, it, like we said, it's, it's shit or get off the pot that yeah. if you commit to the blocker, you don't. Sticking your toe out or, po- you know, pointing your stick at it where it's just going to, like, you're, you're helping the other team. I'm sure, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about that. I I just think with a, with a Carey Price that's this square with the puck, I mean, like, I... You, know, you blocking one shot like that isn't gonna help, and if you are gonna do it, at least commit. You know, and with a guy who's as mobile as him, like going on down on one knee, like you'll get back up. So just go down. Well, that that's exactly, and I I wanted to just do uh go through this again because we did it before, and I I thought it was very telling. So there's 13 players in the NHL at the moment that are making 10 million or more dollars. And I'm just going to list them off to you. So we have Connor McDavid, Artemi Panarin, Austin Matthews, Eric Carlson, John Tavares, Drew Doughty, Mitch Marner, Patrick Kane, Carey Price, Jonathan Taze, Anze Kopitar, Sergei Bobrovsky, and Jack Eichel. Um, all these guys have not made it through two rounds of the playoffs in the last, what, six years? I think the last, the closest we could talk about basically is the two... Chicago guys who won the cup in 2015. And other mm-hmm. than that, Chicago's been at the bottom of the league lately. Edmonton has, they had that one cup run uh, where they got the conference final, but for the most part, they've been a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, Rangers haven't done anything. Toronto hasn't done anything. San Jose hasn't done anything. LA's been off the map for as long as Chicago. Uh, Florida, nothing. Buffalo, nothing. And Montreal, basically, we had a second round exit a few years ago, and that was it. You can't invest this much cap yeah, i want to i want to just i want i don't want to start uh ripping on what's wrong with the leafs just because I'm, I'm getting superstitious oh, no, here they're, i'm talking about the habs too yeah no i know that habs, but i think you're mostly targeting the Leafs because they have three guys that are like 11 well I, i'm saying if we're going to identify certain issues i think in general we're saying like this isn't a team that's built to go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's it's not. I... And my and my criticism of that is because they put so much into these guys mm-hmm. that when they don't step up, yeah, that's the issue. It's, I think it even you know you're definitely right about that. I mean, like the you're paying guys you know an astronomical amount of money just to not score in 16 playoff games like Marner has. But the re- reality is though is that this actually is a very deep team. I mean, like. You look at their their healthy roster. I mean, like Jason Spezza is playing like probably the best hockey he's played in the last five years. Uh, Joe Thornton's contributing. You know, he's slowing down obviously, but you look at their fourth and third line. I mean, like they're definitely not a weak team. I mean, like Mikheyev's yeah. playing great. He's forechecking hard. You know, Kerfoot's stepping up too, and then like you've Lane Simmons on your fourth line. Like it's definitely a deep team. I think the problem with them is is like we were talking about early on in the series is like they have a first and second class citizen on the team and it just breeds a toxic environment. You add on to that, uh, you add on to that just a, you know, they, they lack a tremendous amount of depth on defense. I think that's the main issue. That's, that's the thing. I, I would, I would say, I, I think I agree with that to like 99%. I would say they have a deep team, but like your depth means nothing if they're not doing their job. Like mm. we said about well, it's the Habs, game seven though they are like they're scoring. Right, no, no score. I I mean like the like the prototypical job of a deep team of like having guys that are like there's just no like will on this team, you know. From, except from the depth guys. That, like, but that's you, what I mean. Like I I don't see like I see certain guys like just scattered throughout mm-hmm. the lineup. That are just very much like intensity players. Like Zach Hyman is an intense player, but like I don't see that like grittiness from like uh, 
not not I don't want to say Joe Thornton's not gritty because he is, but like I don't I don't see that that fire in like yeah I I know what you mean I, in, yeah. in terms of consistency Wayne Simmons will have a, a few shifts well, was, where he goes yeah. at it with Edmondson. I was just gonna talk about Simmons like if you look at if you compare if you have the Montreal lineup uh, on one side the offensive lineup on one side and the Toronto lineup on the other. You know, Corey Perry's playing the role of Wayne Simmons. Yes. And if you're comparing those two guys, I mean, Corey Perry's blown him out of the water. Yeah, and, like, and he's always been the better player. Yeah, he's always been the better player, but in, in terms of, like, um, you know, stepping up when he needs to, I think Corey Perry definitely taken that. Absolutely. I don't, but Jason Spezza, like, they're insane for keeping Jason Spezza on that fourth line. I mean, especially yeah. with a Foligno and Tavares injury. Like, you've got to bump that guy up. I mean, like, he's, he's basically, he's steamrolling your offense. But that goes back to your, uh, and I think he was the highest in points per 60 minutes mm-hmm. of play, right? The whole season. Yeah. yeah. That that goes back to your point of second-tier citizens, basically, yeah. in Toronto, where it's just like you have Mitchell Marner, you have Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, and, like, the occasional Morgan Riley. Yeah. But... The other way I see it, sorry to cut you off, the way I see it is I, ha- I see Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, okay, they see themselves as like the, uh, you know, the the three the, prophets of the Toronto. Three, yeah, basically the you know the the, the hydra of, of Toronto, and then you have the guy like the neck who's mediating it and trying to keep the team together is John Tavares, and that guy you can just tell on his face that he's just struggling to keep it together because uh, crap I didn't even I didn't realize I said his neck, oh. but, uh, <laughs> but yeah anyway bad bad yeah, there's uh, no, there's mistake no structural uh, damage yeah, exactly, fine. but um. You know, he's trying to keep the team together, you can tell. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw in Morgan Riley there with Tavares. Well, that, that just but you have like the why three, Matthews is it's almost the captain. Like, yeah, you see them, you see Matthews, Marner, and Nylander almost as like they think they're the prodigies. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, well, it's because that's how they're treated. The thing is, though, is like, I, I don't really care how you how you play in the regular season. I mean, like, congratulations, Austin. Like, you got, you know, 41 goals in 56 games, but you have one in six. So, yeah, and you know, it's, also it like, it's also like, you know, it, it again, individual stats only take you so far. I would much rather have a team where all twelve of my forwards score fifteen goals a year. Yeah. Well that's the that's the team that wins every year. And it yeah. just so happens like last year with Tampa Bay, I mean like that's just a you know, a team that, you know, is deep as hell. Yeah. But they also just happen to have that class of player. Well that, that's it, is they built it over time. And like the other thing too is like it's deep, but like they also have guys there that are just i i would call it's not even that they're intangibles it's just like they're they're the only one in the league Mm -hmm. pat maroon is like the only guy like him in the league like pat maroon there's there is no other like player like that do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like he he's just very very specific where like he does one thing but he does it so well it's effective and, and you look at this year i mean like colorado i mean if colorado doesn't win the cup this year i'm buying yeah, a lot of tickets they're like, massive massive favorites all year and like, like you look at their teams like yeah they have the superstars but they there's no second tier citizen like that, yeah. that 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 line just bleeds into the rest of the team and the defense and like you know i i, I don't know what it is but you know, you want to know what though if if this series doesn't go to, uh toronto's way tonight uh, you know, that smirky smile of Austin Matthews getting, like, rung, like, his uh, neck <laughs> rung by Ben Sherratt, you know, that's not going to look good if you lose. Well, you no, know, of course. That lack of intensity, that, like, that, you know, that that face looks like I'm happy to collect the paycheck, but well, I won't show up when it matters. And, and that's exactly it. I was going to say, this is, it, just going away from the Montreal series for a second, if Colorado goes on, on a cup run, which they probably will, and McKinnon goes on the con Smythe 
power that he's looking at. This is going to raise some serious questions as who's the best player in the league. I can guarantee it. Mm -hmm. I still think Connor McDavid's the better player. But Nathan McKinnon is like the clear number two in the league. I I, I, I think I, like he's like just from age alone, he's he kind of edged out Crosby this year. Yeah. But, you know. I, yeah, I don't just, know. I, I, I think if I had to choose a guy... You know, to, to win, I'd take McKenna. Yeah, like if, if I'm if I'm doing a fantasy draft, the NHL's reset. Mm-hmm. You know, no cap hits, nothing. Don't like no one has to worry about salary cap. Let's say, like I'm, I think I'm building around McKenna. Yeah, the thing is, too, though, is like there, I, I, I'd still take him. You have serious confounders with his line mates, though, like serious, because all of a sudden, if you have McDavid playing with Landis Cog and Rantanen, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe that's. Yeah, maybe he breaks that 160, 170. Well, that's the thing, but it's... Because, like, like, I can't name you McDavid's line mates over the last three years. I mean, like, they change all the time. The guy doesn't have... And and, and granted, in the playoffs, you look at a line like Landis Cobb, Branton, and uh, McKinnon, that's just like, you know, Philip Deno can't take three guys, you know what I mean? But with with Edmonton, Deno can take McDavid. I mean, like, yeah, it's then fine. you just have to worry about Pujarvi and yeah. I mean, like that's you know, so yeah, there's a big confounder there. But I just I'm saying my gut instinct tells me McKinnon. Yeah. But going off, going back to Toronto, um, an interesting question: How would you think? How would you, if you were coaching Toronto right now, how do you beat the Habs? Oh man, I like this is the thing because the the game plan is so simple against the Canes. They just can't do it. It's just <laughs> we're not a very complex team. No, you know? it's it's, it's like, just it's we're very simple, but like. The all Toronto has to do to win this game, like really, all they have to do is score on the power play. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to do. Because yeah. if they can score a couple goals, like we won't. The problem with the Habs too is we don't give enough credit for. Like we have a lot of moving targets. Like yeah, the the fact that we don't have a superstar, um, you know, kind of leads you when you're when you're on the other team. Like who's gonna step up tonight? You never know. Like is it gonna be Armia? <laughs> Army can get two, or is it going to be Toffoli, or is it going to be Gallagher, or is not, it going to be Anderson? Yeah, like, not not that this stuff matters, but it is Army's birthday today, mm-hmm. so I find you know a lot of time guys have uh, birthday luck. So let's hope that comes out. Yeah, and I you know I think with Toffoli, I mean like you've seen in the regular season, like once the guy scores, the floodgates open. So like you know I could maybe see one or two for him, but I'm not going to make predictions. Yeah, again. I don't want to make any. Predictions. I'm just saying like going from here on out, the guy is probably uh, not going to be as dry as as he has been, just because. You know, he had a drought in the regular season, like a pretty bad one, and then as soon as he scores, all of a sudden, you know, the dam lifts and he's scoring yeah. all the time. So. To, to, to give you a better answer to your question, too, about how do the Leafs win the game, um, stop trying to play Montreal's game, too. Like, I find this is how most teams lose, is they, you know, Montreal's playing a physical game, so Toronto's going to increase the physicality. It's like... You guys aren't built like that. You're not. You're not meant for. You know. Your 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 top six doesn't have a lot of like hitters in it. It's maybe just Hyman, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, just flood Carey Price with shots. Like just go back to what's what you know, kind of thing. Where it's like Austin Matthews. Like just just do what you have to do, kind of thing. Just score. But like this is my problem with that style of play. Is like if he's not scoring, they're they're not winning. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like you know, Carey Price is like literally a god on ice. Yep. But the thing is, though, is that, and this goes to the Canadians' perspective too. It's like you can only expect so much from the guy against the number one offense in the league. Like, I mean, you have to if you're the Canadians, like you have to throw this guy a bone and, and get on the board. 
and you also can't rely on a shutout. I mean, like against against you know against Winnipeg and Edmonton, sure, I, mean, I guarantee you Price would get a shutout. But against the number one offense in the league, like you know, we we have to get on the board. And if I was the Leafs, my number one thing would be to get those slot chances that they have been getting and getting guys in front of the net. Like I think they if they get a guy in front of the net and screen Price and, and force those those uh those uh screens and tips like that's the way to beat them but um you know with uh and being at home i think is another thing for them i they have to use that last that last change like really well with dano because dano's been literally killing them i I mean on tsn 690 they had a poll on uh what's been the biggest downfall of uh the matthews uh hyman line and the three options were price the defense or Philip Deneau. <laughs> and, like, Philip Deneau came out with 51%, like, over yeah. Carey Price. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't score if you don't have the puck. He's he's won, like, over 75% of the face-offs or something. Like, he's absolutely I couldn't killed. imagine the frustration. Like, he, he's just absolutely locked him down. Like, he's I, got I, that goofy smile on him, too, every and, time he wins. You, and also, like, you should see the advanced stats on his takeaways from Matthews and Marner. Like, it's insane. He's apparently... He's intercepted. I don't want to get the stat wrong. He intercepted something like twenty-two percent of passes between Matthews and Marner in the offensive zone. That's it's insane. I also but, I don't know if this number is accurate too. I think I read it, but I think Austin Matthews is currently at a three percent shooting percentage, mm-hmm. which is like it's just it. unacceptable. And and also you know Carey Price looking at the save percentages they're talking about it on TSN again, but um, I think Carey Price was. I don't remember his global save percentage, but it was definitely lower than Campbell's. Mm-hmm. But Carey Price's advanced stat, the advanced stat that uh, that uh, the advanced stat uh, dangerous dangerous chance shoot uh, save percentage yeah. is that a stat? Something. It's something like that. It's like it's an advanced stat where basically is like like an actual dangerous chance. That, yeah, like, not, not like just the, like your overall shots, yeah. but anything I think that comes in that box. And yeah, but there. Carey Price's was nine seventy eight, yeah. and Campbell's was nine oh six. So yeah. it's like that's like your actual stat because we, let's be honest here, we're really padding Campbell's stats with oh, some yeah, of these shots. Of course, if you take shots from the red line, and like again, keep doing it because the thing is, is we need those rebounds up in front of the net, and that's realistically how we get them. Uh, but I'm just saying, like people comparing Campbell's, like you know what it is, like five percent better save percentage than prices mm-hmm. right now. It's it's not accurate at all, but. Uh, you know, like the Leafs aren't the type and of team. And even if it is, it's five percent. Yeah, like all of those shots that the Leafs are getting are like realistically like very, very dangerous shots that are yeah. uh, coming from dangerous players. Um, but yeah, if uh, anything else about defense, no, oh, I I got nothing honestly. You keeping Gustafs and Kulak? Yeah, I'm not touching a thing because I mean, I, it doesn't matter. They played about you know one shift. <laughs> <laughs> Six minutes. Yeah, God. that's criminal in overtime game. He's probably he pro- what, what's the defensive coach named Luke Richardson? Yeah, yeah. He's, he probably looked at Luke. He was probably like, "Do you know how much I carved up for this?" Yeah. <laughs> and Luke Richardson is like, "Me too." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, you know I I really don't want this to go to overtime. But you know I, I don't want to make speculations. Yeah. Um, you know the thing is is things I'm worried about the Canadians. Here's, here's my only prediction. Only one. You have four options tonight. The Habs win in regulation, the Leafs win in regulation, the Habs win in overtime, or the Leafs win in overtime. Yeah, here's the here's something that's gonna drive some anxiety into you. When you wake up tomorrow morning, one of these teams will have moved on. Yeah, I know. Like that's that's scary. It's nice that you're implying I'm gonna fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these yeah, these these kind of just take over your life right now, but 
Um, that's actually just I the, just because I always watch the Steve Dangle podcast, especially in the playoffs, because he's a massive Leafs fan, obviously. But like I like keeping up with the kind of like the other side of the fence there. But he said it so perfectly. He's like, if I wasn't a sports fan in general, I'd be a much happier person. <laughs> and like I think I think that just spoke volumes because like. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's like you love you love it till it kills you. Oh well, yeah, and, and and you know, literally, you know, my entire day today revolved around this game. I mean, yeah. like I I literally have not stopped thinking about this since I woke up, and like, you know, I through podcasts through TSN, like, I can't keep my focus on anything else but this game for more than five minutes. Like, yeah, and every time insane. I open Chrome, I habitually type in cat friendly. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. So it's uh, you know, it's it's a big you know big game tonight, and. Um, you know, um, I'm excited to see, you know, how I, I, one thing I want us to avoid is this like almost inevitable halfway through the second dip that we've started yeah. to do. Although recent games, I'll give it to them. They haven't. Yeah. It's been more of a the third. Yeah. I just, I don't know how, if I was the Leafs, I'd be a little bit worried about like how, um, how much puck luck they've had. Like, the goals that they've been getting to tie up the game through Game 5, Game 6 have been goals that are just, you know, like, if Jeff well, Petrie wasn't Petrie there... Scored. Yeah, yeah, he I, scored every goal. Yeah, I know. So, like, you know, I, that's why I don't want to say they've been dipping in the second, but you know, they've been starting to tie it up late in the second, early in the third. And um, I think if we avoid that and just get on the board early and, like, don't lead to this, uh, you know, like, the Leafs are, you know, the Leafs are probably going to score tonight. I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, make it like a sustained burn. Don't like yeah. make it like a oh, we're leading, we're leading, we're leading. Quick two goals, it's tied up, and then like that really drives your confidence. Yeah, down. and it also adds just so much little things like gripping the stick too tight. Yeah, not being the one, not wanting to be the one that pulls like a Rasmus Sandin. Mm-hmm. But anyway, couple yeah. hours till puck drop, which means the knot in my stomach will only grow. Yeah, God, <laughs> but go. uh, we will catch you guys. After the first intermission. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.